Hello, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I want to talk to you about setting your fee structures. Now, some of you may have listened to the big heart to heart that I did on Friday, and I'm not sure if I'm going to release this this week or next week. So it was Friday, the 2nd of June. So if you did listen to that, uh, you'll already know the things that I'm talking about. But if you didn't, strap in because this was such an engaging conversation And I was horrified to have so many messages from educators that tell me they're charging under the cap. And it just, oh, makes me cry inside because you're missing out on so much income when you don't at least charge the gap, the the cap in your fees. So, It also means that your parents aren't getting the full benefit of the entitlement that they are entitled to. So I want to dive into that for you today so that you can get some different perspective around what to charge and give yourself permission to know your value, know your worth and charge accordingly. So without further ado, we're going to get into it. Strap in, get your notebook, take some notes and be prepared to have your mind expanded. Hello, hello and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Okay, so talking topics for increasing fees and information that's going to help you to really knuckle down and get your value out into the world. So what I, the points that I want to talk about, are you considering your professional expertise and your experience? So educators can justify increasing their fees by highlighting their professional expertise and experience Discuss the benefits of your years of experience, specialised training and ongoing professional development in providing high quality care and education for children. What that means is that if you are experienced working with children for a number of years, and there's some educators that have been working in early childhood education for 40 plus years, right? Imagine how much they have learned and all the things that life experience has given them. They've likely raised their own family. They're likely dealing with their own grandchildren. How many children do you think they've cared for in that 40-year period? They have seen it all. 
If you are an educator that's been working for 40 plus years and you're charging under the cap, you are absolutely not valuing the wisdom and the professionalism that you bring to your service. If you're an educator that has five years experience working in this field, in this profession, and you're charging under the cap, you're not valuing the experience that you bring to the table. If you're an educator that has come from a different profession, you're not valuing the skills that cross over and that you bring to what you're doing now. Any educator that is charging under the cap needs to immediately put your fees up to at least the cap. You have to understand that the things that you bring, the unique skills that you have are valuable and you should be paid accordingly for those. I want you to really understand and really get that you have a unique set of skills that are perfect for the children that come to your care. You need to value yourself. When you value yourself, other people will come to the party and value you as well. Those who don't have the same value systems and don't value the same things will self-select out. Don't be afraid of that. Because what will happen is those that align with that value system will then have the space to come in. And what you'll end up with is you'll end up with more cohesion. When you have an educator who doesn't value themselves is when you have an educator that can experience more frequently disruption, disagreement, disconnection from the people that use their service. That is an invitation to you to look at what you provide, to look at the boundaries that you have within your service, but for also for you to look at your own value system and become very, very clear in what it is that you provide. Because when someone self-selects out, often it's because they're making space for somebody else to come in. Now, that might be a little bit woo-woo, but it happens in my business time and again. And I have been doing this for 10 years now, or well, yeah, 10 years now this year. And it's always surprised me because we get an influx of educators. Our business has growth. And what happens when things grow is that sometimes core values seem to change because as a business grows and develops, people get more in tune with exactly what they're doing. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, people get more in tune with what they're doing. There's that growth process. What was acceptable before may not be acceptable now. Like what, how things ran before may not be how they run now. Because when new people come into the working environment together, because you're in a symbiotic relationship, these things must organically change. So sometimes when we get an influx of educators, what will happen is other educators don't like the direction that the business is, is moving in. It doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be personal. But other educators may not like the direction that the business is moving in and they will move to another service. That's exactly the same what will happen with families. When you start to get really clear on your worth and your values and you are in alignment with those, you start to put boundaries up 
or you may put your fee up to recognize your value. Some families may not like that. And that's okay. It's nothing personal. It's just that there's a misalignment now. Allow them to move on with grace because what they're doing is they're opening the space up for somebody to come in who's going to resonate with those new values. So there is always this growth that happens in business and sometimes you constrict and sometimes you can expand. But you have to always honour your value and you have to always know that you're worth and know that you're worthy of having a decent income and a profitable business. We need to look at longevity and we'll touch on that in a little way down. So when you can honour and really take into account the wisdom that you bring to your role and the experience that you have, that's one reason to justify putting yourself up to at least the cap, if not more than the cap, depending on your experience, depending on your environment, depending on how you resource your space. Like there's a lot of things to take into consideration but absolutely getting over the cap or at least meeting the cap is essential. You're entitled to that at the bare minimum, the bare minimum. Okay. You can take your account is enhanced educational programs. So if educators are investing in enhancing their educational programs, such as incorporating STEAM, activities or implementing a structured curriculum. Now, any of you that follow us and do our 12-week planning, intentional teaching and all that sort of stuff know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm saying a structured curriculum. I don't mean that you are structuring every single minute of every single day. What I mean when you have a structured curriculum is that you actually have structure within your curriculum. There's purpose and there's reasons why you do everything that you do and you actually create an individualized program, which we will go into a little bit further in the next talking point. But that structured curriculum isn't like a school curriculum. We still operate an emergent curriculum, but even in the emergent curriculum, there's structure there as well. Okay, so don't get hung up on that. But it is a way that you can identify and share with parents and your service the reason why you're putting your fee up. So it can explain how these additions contribute to a richer learning environment and can justify a fee increase. So when you have something in place that's tangible, that is evident, that you can show that you're providing, you're going above and beyond, that's justification for charging more. When you go to Aldi and you have to like race <laughs> on the conveyor belt with Sharon, who's like whipping all of your items through quicker than you can get them on the tray. And then you're trying to manage getting everything out of your trolley onto the conveyor belt, as well at the same time as getting there at the other end to put it all back into your trolley. Like you pay less because they do less for you. If you are to go to, like I went to a, 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 a not a high end, but it was, you know, not Target, not Target or Big Dubois, Big W. I went to a store the other week and I got this lovely jumper that I'm wearing and a pair of pants. She individually wrapped everything in um, tissue paper. 
And I was like, oh, isn't that lovely? She put it in a pretty bag. She tied the bag up for me in a pretty bow and she handed it to me. She asked me my name at the beginning of the, when I walked in and she remembered my name at the end. And I walked out. She said, I hope you have a beautiful day, Victoria. You look fabulous in those new clothes. Uh, am I going to go back there and pay maybe $50 more for the jumper to have that experience and feel like I, I felt like a rich person walking out of there? Am I going to go and pay for that experience? Yeah. Do I expect to get that when I'm going to a budget place like Aldi? No. Do I expect to say, steady on, Sharon, slow down, like stop throwing stuff at me at the register? Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same. When you can provide and show the enhanced programs that you're running and, and show the value in the program that you're running, you can charge more and people that align with that or want to have that experience will come. They will come to you. Now, you may be in a low socioeconomic area. That is okay. You can still provide top quality and people, parents make these decisions, right? Parents decide what they will, what they value most within their family unit and within their family structure and life and budget, right? They decide, they may go, look, you know, we're doing tennis activities and this and this two or three afternoons a week. Uh, we're going to drop that so that my child can attend this uh, kindy because they're going to spend more time there. I want them to experience the, the nurturing that this educator provides. They may decide to stop all of that and, and funnel that money to there instead. They, they may take on extra work. Like you don't know what they will do. I had an I had a family who was a single parent would drive an hour to my service to come to my service because she wanted her child to experience what I offered. She wanted her child. She felt safe. She knew her son was going to be safe with me. She drove an hour here and an hour home, came back an hour and an hour back so that her son could experience the program that I offered. She was a solo parent. People will put their money where they feel the best value is for them. You don't decide that. Your service doesn't decide that. Your parents decide that. Okay? So don't get caught up in the, oh, I'm in a low socioeconomic area. Obviously, it's you have to meet the market. I'm not saying price yourself out of the market. People in a low socioeconomic area are less likely to pay $15 an hour for childcare than they are in, you know, I don't know, what's it, the eastern suburbs, beachy suburbs of Sydney. I don't know. The high-end place in Sydney where everyone's a lawyer and a barrister and they earn a squillion dollars a day, right? They're not going to think twice of paying more for childcare than, than what someone in a low socioeconomic area is. So I'm not suggesting that you price yourself out of the market, but I am suggesting that in those instances, you charge at least the cap. You will be surprised. We've had an educator in the past who was charging underneath the cap. She then charged the cap and uh, uh, the CCS cap. Yes, yeah, she charged at least the CCS cap. And what happened was there was barely a, a difference in what the parents were paying. It was minimal, absolutely minimal. But what happened was her income increased by $300 a week. 
like that shouldn't even be a question for you okay if your service is telling you you shouldn't charge up to the cap i think you can respectfully engage them in a conversation in a respectful and professional manage uh, means in a way i just lost my word then <laughs> in a respectful and uh, professional manner that's the word i was looking for you can approach them and ask to do some critical reflection about that. I guarantee you the people that are making those decisions are on a salary or a wage. It's a very different mindset being a paid employee than it is being someone who is running a business because a paid employee has a different mindset to someone who runs a business. Now, if you're approaching your business as if you're a paid employee, you need to change your mindset plain and simple. And I'm assuming that will be why you're making decisions that are keeping you small and keeping you not making the income you truly deserve, right? So you are the master of your ship when it comes to running your family daycare service. If your scheme is not negotiating this, not willing to look at their policy and maybe look at some differences and some changes that they can make, I think you need to look whether your values still align with them. And I'm not saying jump ship. I'm saying that there is work there to be done with both you and them. All right. You absolutely have the ability to question things that policies within your service. Policies are not set in stone. Policies are there to be reviewed. And as part of it, as a stakeholder in that service, you have every right to ask, why are we not allowed to put ourselves up to the cap? Why are we not allowed to go over the cap? If I'm an educator that's providing food, nappies, I'm doing excursions, I'm doing a school pickup and drop off, you know, all these things have come into play and the cost of living is greater. Why is it that I'm not allowed to charge over the cap? My expenses are more than that. Like we have to look at this and we have to, I, I want to know the rationale behind that so that A, I can understand, B, we can review it and go, is that still current and relevant? Does that decision still benefit the educator and the family at the same time? Like what's going on with this policy here? I think we need to review it. And it could be that they then put a survey out to all the educators they do some fig figure crunching, they crunch the numbers, they look at the impact and all this sort of stuff. And then they can, you, you can all make an informed decision together and you all are on the same page. That is what I think would be a great outcome from that question. And But I understand some services may just be like, no, we don't have the manpower to do that right now uh, or we, we don't want to look at that. Well, that that's a decision you have to make from there. I'm not going to tell you either way, but I think the writing's fairly clear on the wall if you're an educator that's really starting to understand your value and you're aligning with someone who's not meeting those same values. So looking at the educational program that you run and the things that you provide for your families is really important to understand the cost of that delivery, okay? So individual attention and small group sizes emphasize the benefits. 
So you can emphasize the benefits of smaller groups. And as I touched on before with the planning, if you do the planning with us, I give you all the skills to be able to do that. We do it in a three-hour session at, uh, uh, at the end of every season, ready for the next season. Uh, you are creating individualized goals for the children and individualized experiences for the children to help them meet those goals. You don't get that so much in long daycare. It's almost impossible to do in long daycare because of the volume of children that come through. You can do it. I did it. It really requires a tremendous amount of discipline. Family daycare is much easier to achieve that because you've got those lower numbers. So you've got that individualized attention and the small group sizes. If I go to a gym class and there's 30 other people in there, I'm happy to pay 10 bucks because I know that the PT who's running that class may look at my form and correct me, but there's 30 other people in there. I don't expect it. However, when I have an individual PT, I'm happy to pay 50, well, $85 an hour to have that individual where they look at everything that I do for that particular hour. They design a program specifically for me to reach the goals that I have. Like there's the difference there, right? So you can apply that thinking to your own fees when you are looking at your fee structure like turn your thinking to that because that's exactly what you're doing in family daycare so individualized attention maintaining those small group sizes educators can explain how these factors promote a nurturing and personalized learning environment which warrants a higher fee to ensure quality care all right so this is what you can do and what you need to understand you're doing and that definitely can come with a higher price. You should value the work that you do. So access to additional resources and services. If educators are offering additional resources or services that go beyond the basic requirements, such as providing healthy meals, transportation or extracurricular activities, they can demonstrate how these offerings add value and justify a fee increase. So when you're an educator that is doing like a school run and you're picking children up from before and after school care and you might have the younger sibling and pick up the older sibling and all the rest of it, what you're actually doing is providing time freedom to the families. You're providing time freedom to the families so that they can earn an income. Let that sink in. Your families are paying you, hopefully, the cap at very least. They're not working for $11.80 an hour. They're paying you $11.80 an hour and then getting CCS on top of that, which is reducing that hourly rate anyway, to they're potentially earning paying $5 an hour or $7 or $8 an hour. They're most likely off earning $30 or $40 an hour, Right. That is a small price to pay to have an entire day to go and earn that entire amount plus holiday pay, sick pay and super, right, and have their tax taken out and all that sort of stuff. Like you don't have those luxuries. Those are things that you have to pay yourself. So you have to take that into consideration when you're setting your fee. You have to set yourself up to be profitable. There is no point in charging a silly low fee 
that doesn't make you profitable that at the end of the day means that you're working for four or five dollars an hour for four children like come on after you've taken your expenses out and you should know what your expenses are because you're running a business if you don't know what your expenses are how can you set your fees with the full knowledge of what you need to earn so you know what your your levies are you know what those costs are you should know what your resources are if you don't have a budget you need to have a budget if you don't have a budget i want you to jump into the profitable fdc purchase that course it is an investment it's a tax deduction purchase that course and really understand your figures really get to the nitty-gritty you should know what it costs you to get up in the morning you should know what it costs you to get out of bed to run your business to open your doors there is a cost for you to open your door in the morning you should know what that is if you don't know what that is I'm going to suggest that you sit with that and ask yourself some hard questions you need to know what it costs you to run your business that includes what you can charge for, like what it costs you to have the space, your family daycare space in your home. There is a certain percentage that you can that you can claim on your tax, but that's a business expense. You should know what your levies are. You should know what your insurances are, what it costs you to do your first aid and all those required compliance. Then you need to have a resource budget. I know there's so many of you that don't even know how much you spend on resources until the end of the year. You need to pull that into line. You need to have a budget and don't go over it. I'm sure you're shocked when you do your tax if you keep your, your, your invoices or receipts rather. I'm sure you're shocked at what you've spent over the, over the 12 months. That really needs to be reined in. I don't know any professional business that doesn't know the, the cost of what they're providing. There is no difference in family daycare. We really need to up our skills and our knowledge so that when it comes time that we have to justify why we're charging what we're charging, we can say, I have a resource budget of this. I have a professional development budget of this. If you don't have a budget for your professional development, you need to put that in there. You can't be an educator who does her certificate three and then nothing else. Now, there's a heap of free training out there. We've got the five-day Kickstarter course that's free. Profitable FDC course is 50 bucks. There's something coming at the end of August that you'll enjoy as well that you can look forward to. There's a free and a paid version of that coming. There's the essential elements that's our course, which is our signature course, which is $1,000 for the year. Like that is ridiculous ridiculously cheap for the amount of information that's in that course it's like $17 a week or something you know like you need to and there's not just us there's so many other courses and professional development that's available to you the family daycare australia does the the their own stuff there's the pd in your pocket there's stuff on a sequa right but you can't just, you've got to do stuff that engages and ignites you. You've got to have a budget to learn. You really do, right? So you've got to take all that into account when it comes to setting your fee structures because once you add all those costs together, you'll end up with a figure. It might be $17,000, right? 
at the end of the day. It might be 17,000. It could be more than that. It could be 25, could be $30,000 at the end of the year. You need to make sure that you cover that at, at, the very, at the very least. If you're only just covering your expenses, you're not making a wage. You're not making an income. So you need to at least go, okay, well, if my expenses are $17,000 for the year, then I need to be charging. I need to make, because I want to earn, if I'm working five days a week, I want to earn at least $1,500 a week because I have to take super and tax out of that. I have to also put aside uh, for holiday pay and sick pay. Right. So if you want to earn, what did I say, 1500 a week? I don't even know how much that is over a year. Let me get my trusty calculator because I want to make sure that I give you the right information. So $78,000 a year if you pull in $1,500 in the hand, plus your $17,000 um, for resource. That's $95,000. So you need to make sure that your income your fee is set so that you can meet that $95,000 budget. Then you can work out what your hourly rate needs to be. And if that ends up being $17 an hour and there's no way you can meet that, then you need to play with those figures and work out what you can cut and what you need to reduce. Some of those things you won't be able to reduce at all, like the cost of first aid and all those compliance things, the levy, you won't be able to change that. But that means you've got to change everything else. All right? So this is the importance of knowing your numbers and your figures. All right? So once you're providing that and you do that and you're providing these additional resources, this in, in individualized care, you're having these enhanced programs, you're putting um, money into your professional development, what that's all going to do is come out to an exceptional reputation and parental satisfaction. That's a really important thing because when you get that right, that's going to reduce what you need to spend on marketing because when you are getting referrals from people that have previously used your service and then you end up getting this wait list, that's less work that you have to do. You don't have to have a resource um, for, sorry, you don't have to have a, um, uh, what am I trying to say? A marketing budget. You don't have to have that because you're providing this reputation and parent satisfaction. When you get up to that, that you are the go-to person in your area for family daycare, you know you're doing all of the above points right. You can put your fee up even more because you're a service that's in demand. You want to work to get to that because that is good business practice and that's a sound business that's going to be sustainable. So educators with a strong reputation for providing exceptional care and receiving positive feedback from parents can leverage that as a reason for increasing their fees. Discuss the importance of testimonials and parent referrals in establishing trust and justifying a higher fee. Again, parents choose where they want to put their children. They choose that, not your service who's telling you you can't charge more than $11.80 an hour, right? There's a poverty consciousness and a mentality that goes with that. If you're stepping above that and you're getting this, you've got this massive wait list, 
parents are referring to you all the time, like referring you to others all the time. Like you can afford to put your fee up because that's what parents are wanting. And that's the nature of business. And you shouldn't feel guilty for that because what you are doing then is you are elevating the level of care that's provided. And that doesn't mean you switch off. That means you've set a bar and your bar is higher than everywhere else. And parents want that because they know they're getting exceptional value for what they're paying. So the rising cost of operations, who's not feeling that? Who's not had their mortgage interest rate go up? Who's not noticing the difference in cost of food? Power's more expensive now. Interest rates everywhere have gone up. Like that is unavoidable. I know and I expect, I want to go to the local co coffee shop you know, the prices of things have gone up at the local coffee shop. I expect that. You know, CPI has gone up. Wages have gone up. Like all these expenses that other people have to fork out for, they have no other option but to put their prices up. It is the same for us. We're no different. We have to get out of that mentality that we should be cheaper because we're just family daycare. We're educators providing all of the above that I've just spent the last bit talking about. These are reasons why you can justify putting your fee up. So educators can explain the challenges associated with rising cost of operations, such as increased rent, utilities, insurance and supplies. By demonstrating how these costs impact their ability to provide quality care, educators can make that a case for a fee increase. But you have to know your numbers. You have to know what these things cost in order to say, look, I've looked at the cost that the, the additional costs that have come on in the last 12 months and there's been a four or five or six or whatever it is percent increase in the cost of providing the basic services that I provide. Therefore, my fee has to go up to cover that. It's just the way it works across every industry, across every industry. And you look, <laughs> it makes me mad. The supermarkets are putting fees up, putting costs up, and yet they're raking in more profit than they ever have because they're tightening their belts. Like all of these supermarkets now and, and chain stores and whatnot have these self-serve checkouts. They're not their their employment costs, their pays of their of their employees has gone down because they're automating everything. You're doing all of the work and you're paying more to do it and they're getting more profit, right? This is business. That's that business side of things that you've got to look at. Now, I'm not saying go and be out of integrity. I'm not saying go and charge $25 an hour per child. I'm not suggesting that, but I am batting for those of you who haven't put your fee up for a long time or are charging under the cap. This conversation is specifically for you. These are all reasons that you need to take into consideration. And the biggest, most important one of them all is maintaining a sustainable business. Educators can highlight the need to maintain a sustainable business for the long term by explaining how fee increase helps cover operating costs, invest in ongoing professional development and improve the learning environment. Educators can emphasize the necessity of adjusting fees. Now, I see it on the daily, multiple times a day, educators are burnt out. 
there needs to be an equal exchange of, in, of energy. If you're charging not enough and at the end of the week you don't have profit in your business and you're doing all of this work, you might be working 50 hours a week and at the end of the day you can't even go and buy takeaway, you can't even go and buy new clothes for your children, you're not getting paid leave, you're not covered when you've got sick days, right? If you have to take a week off because someone shared their vomit bug with you and you don't have money aside to pay yourself, there is not an equal exchange of energy. There is not an equal exchange of what you've put into your business to what you take out of your business. It is out of alignment. That is what we're experiencing when educators are feeling burnt out. And it's happening everywhere. You need to look at that equal exchange of energy and ensure that you are covering yourself so that you can have paid time off at the bare minimum. If there isn't enough in your weekly pay, your fortnightly pay, to cover putting aside enough for you to have a paid week off and at least 10 days sick day a year, then there's something wrong and you need to look at that. So remember these topics are meant to help educators articulate valid reasons for increasing their fees. It's essential for educators to assess their unique circumstances and value proposition when considering fee adjustments, while also being mindful of the affordability concerns for parents. Okay, I really hope you get some points out of this. I'm not a qualified financial advisor. I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm giving you topics to think about. I'm giving you reasons for you to look at your own circumstances and apply some of this thinking for you to make your own decision. You need to make your own decision based on the knowledge and information you have of your personal circumstances. But if you aren't putting in, making enough income to have sick leave, holiday leave, resource budgets, all those sorts of things, then you need to look at your figures. I hope that gives you permission to value your work. I hope it gives you permission to value what you do and the service you provide in the community that you reside in. And I hope it gives you permission to put your fee up to at least the cap. If your service is questioning that or has a a policy around that, I hope it gives you permission to go and ask respectfully and professionally to critically reflect on that policy to make sure it's relevant for all educators. If your service is more concerned about the families, I would respectfully ask that they take your position into consideration too. Because if all their educators leave them because there's inflexibility there, they're not going to have a business. Parents are going to go wherever they can. And services need to keep their educator team happy because when your educators are happy, the families come. So I hope it gives you food for thought. I want to see you be profitable in your business. I want to see you 
preparing to be a long-term educator. I want to see you have your family daycare service as a vocation, something that you can do for long-term. You can only do that if you earn enough money to make it viable. So on that note, go forth, do some thinking, enjoy your day, give me some feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. And until next time, I'll see you soon. Big love, everyone. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback. So if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.